This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. So for my portion of Pastor Appreciation Month, this Truth About series, I'm going to deal with the truth about the gospel. The truth about the gospel, and this is going to be birthed out of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And again, you've been hearing it all, all month. And, uh, but again, I'm just going to do my portion of it about the gospel. And, and here's the thing about this ministry that I truly love. Everything we teach is around doctrine. The foundation is there. Right? It's all doctrine based. Right? And, and again, you, listen for it, you'll hear it. You'll hear doctrine come out. And, and so that's very important in this ministry, right? That we are doctrine based and, and doctrine, of, doctrine of God, the scriptures. You know, we're not just telling you things based on our opinion. We're just showing you through the word of God. And then you have the choice to, to live by it. Right? But I'm coming out of Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to deal with verse 16. And like I said, this is our past appreciation month. And, and I meant to say this earlier, you know, past appreciation month to me, it's a, it's a time of celebration. It really is. And we're celebrating our pastor, Pastor Albert Hill, who God has placed in position for us. I mean, as simple as that. It's a time of celebration. So make sure we celebrate. We're celebrating our past. We should, again, celebrate her throughout the year. But this is the time we set aside to celebrate our pastor. So again, thanks for the opportunity and the privilege to be able to teach on this month. And so, again, for my portion, uh, the truth about the gospel. So Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So, in this passage of Scripture, the gospel, the good news of Jesus is that fallen mankind has been restored to fellowship with God. This is good news. Right? And this is, we're going to make sure we get with the truth about this, right? And so, before we start, <clears throat> let's give some context of the book of Romans. Um, and this letter in, in Romans was written <clears throat> to the beloved of God called to be saints, right? And the purpose is really addressing an issue they had here in the church in Rome around believing Jews and the believing Gentiles, those Gentiles that were converted to Christianity. And the issue was, who was better? The Jew or the Greek? Right? The Jew or the Gentile? With God. Because what had happened was there was, there was a result of the Jews were expelled for expulged, you know, left for whatever reason, and then later returned. But when they returned, those Gentiles were now in leadership. You know, the Gentiles meaning those that have converted to Christianity, were now in leadership, in position that the Jews were. And so now there was a conflict. And I love how Paul addresses the conflict with the scriptures, right? With the doctrine. And, and, and don't, don't lose focus of that, right? That's why he says in verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. He's making a clear distinction, the Jew first, but also to the Greek. There's no difference between Jew and, 
in, in Greek or Jew and Gentile when it comes to the gospel message. It's for everyone that believes. And that's the truth about the gospel of Christ. It's for everyone that believes. And that's why I think it's so important today to understand this truth today. The message of the gospel is for everyone. You know, God is faithful. So my objective for this teaching is what is the gospel of Christ and how do you receive salvation through the gospel of Christ? So again, we mentioned this word gospel. Again, the gospel just means good news. And I'm going to tell you like this, only, only God can bring good news. You know, a lot of times we have good news and we say, oh, that was good news, that was great news. But sometimes the good news we just heard later on years down the line, like that wasn't that good at all. But God, he brings good news. Because God's good news of deliverance is eternal. Everything else, good news you have, I'm telling you, as time goes on, that good news is going to change. Right? It's temporal. But God's good news, it is eternal. So the gospel is good news, and the gospel of Christ is good news about Christ. Christ meaning the Messiah. The anointed one and his anointing. So here we are going to hear the good news about Christ. So the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation through Jesus Christ to everyone that believeth. Again, the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Right? And so you think about this. He says the gospel of Christ is the power of God. So first I look, it's the power of God. Right? Never forget that. The gospel of Christ is the power of God. So it's God's power. So that means God has provided salvation to all by His power. I'll say that again. God has provided salvation to all. By who? By God's power. And His power is through Jesus Christ. So salvation only comes by God through Jesus Christ. And He's provided it to all. He is God has. So that's God's responsibility. Right? He said, here's salvation. Here's deliverance. Here's eternal salvation or, or eternal life for you. God's providing it to all. That's God's responsibility through, through Christ Jesus. He's, he's dealt with an issue. That's God's responsibility. Then the all refers to everyone who believes it. So the gospel is for all but all that believe it. That's our responsibility. So your responsibility is to believe and continue believing that God has provided salvation through Jesus Christ. Right? That is your responsibility. To believe and continue believing that God has provided salvation through Jesus Christ. You know, I'm trying to make sure this is so simple. Right, because the reason why I'm trying to make sure it's so simple, because I read it again in verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. That's why it's got E-T-H on the end. That's a continual action. And why I want to make sure it's so simple, the only way I can receive salvation is through Jesus Christ. So, okay, we know that. Then why are we talking about salvation comes in other places? Why are we saying... There's certain things that I do or don't do says that whether I'm saved or not. See how, how the doctrine is subtle has changed? In other words, if I put a mask on, if I take a vaccine, that shows whether I'm a believer or not. 
how is a mask or a vaccine shows where I'm a believer in Jesus Christ? Or I receive salvation? Right? Okay, that's a hot button. What about my political affiliation? Are you Republican? Are you Democrat? Are you independent? Now, because I'm, in a, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican or I'm an independent, that says that I'm saved. I belong to Jesus Christ. How? I, I don't see that here at all. See, that's what I mean about the truth about the gospel. It is the power of God on the salvation through everyone that believeth. So all I got to do is believe on Jesus Christ and I can receive salvation. See, the message is simple. Man makes it confusing for their own benefit. Don't get caught up in the hype about things that are happening. Stay with the doctrine. Alright, so salvation is, in two, is a two-part process. God initiates, which we see, and then man, your response by faith to God's initiation as a continual action. So salvation, two-part process. God initiates. It's His power. And your responsibility, the second part, is respond by faith to God's initiation as a continual action. What do I mean respond by faith? That means I've got to trust that it was God providing salvation for me. I have trust in God for my deliverance. Not trust in this world. Not trust in anything else for my deliverance. I trust in God. That's when I respond by faith. So again, God initiates. Let's, let's turn to another passage of Scripture. Again, a very popular passage of Scripture. John 3 and 16. Again, I want this message, like I said, to be very, very simple. Because the message is simple. When it comes to the message of the gospel, it is simple. That's why for all. In every language. Alright, John chapter 3, verse 16. Again, talking about God initiates. So let's see God's initiation. John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So let's look at the A part of this passage of Scripture, right? The God initiates. Remember, for God so loved the world. Again, God loved the world. That he did what God gave his only begotten son. That's God initiating. Right? God loved, God gave, God initiates. That's on his part. That's his initiation. Then, the second part. Your response, part B. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So now I have a response to believe based on what God has initiated. Two parts to salvation. God has done His part, but I'm going to tell you, until you do your part, you are not saved. That's where false doctrine come in. The doctrine that says that you are saved and you don't even know it. How can I be saved and don't even know it? How can I be saved without believing? Because here's the argument, right? Well, God has dealt with the sin problem. And I agree, through Jesus Christ, His blood, and we'll get to it eventually, that yeah, He has dealt with sin. But you've got to believe it. You've got to believe in Jesus, that he is the one that God has called to purchase, to redeem you from the penalty of sin. That's your part, believing. So you're not saved and you don't already know it. You got saved on purpose. You heard the message about Jesus Christ. Remember the gospel message. 
Right? Because again, you hear these kind of comments around doctrine, right? About, you know, there's, there's many ways to God. No, there's only one way to God. That's through Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So there's only one way to God through Jesus for salvation. And then they say, well, there are many ways to Jesus. No, there's not many ways to Jesus either. There's one way to Jesus that we just read in Romans 1 and 16. The gospel. The gospel is the only way to Jesus. So without hearing the gospel message of Christ, you, I don't know how you heard about Jesus. See, stay in the straight and the narrow. God is not a God of confusion. He's made this easy for us to receive salvation. You just have to do your part and believe. And then once you believe, continue believing. So he says here, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, who is his only begotten Son? Jesus. Turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. A few pages over. Book of John chapter 1. Hallelujah. He is the only begotten Son of the Father. It's Jesus. John chapter 1 verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. And the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, the Word was made flesh. Who was the Word that was made flesh and dwelt among us? And we beheld His glory. I mean, you saw Him. They saw Him. They referred to him. They, saw him. they beheld His glory as the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 15, John, bear witness of Him. All right, who is He? And cried, saying, This was He of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And, and, his, and of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. That is the he, the only begotten of the Father, that John was bearing witness to. That, that the word that was made flesh now dwelt among us. Who's Jesus? He is the one that God has approved of. Look at this in, in Matthew chapter 3. So we've got to believe on the only begotten of the Father. Let's make sure we know who the only begotten of the Father is. Jesus. Let's settle these issues. Matthew chapter 3. That means I'm not looking for another. I'm not looking for another Savior. I'm not looking for another Christ. I, I've, I found him. I found through the gospel message, Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 16. It says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom... I am well pleased. Again, God is clear, right? This is my beloved son. And he said, God said, whom I'm well pleased. This is. He's the one. Look at this in Matthew chapter 17. The only begotten of the Father. Matthew chapter 17. 
That's what I'm believing in. All the other stuff you're talking about, I don't even know who that is. I'm believing in him, Jesus. Matthew 17. Here's another passage of Scripture. It says, starting at verse number 1. And after six days, Jesus taking Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringing them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. And while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Jesus is the one that God has sent for our deliverance. The only begotten of the Father for our salvation. Right? He is it. So again, when John 3, 16 talks about you got to believe on Him, I'm believing on the only begotten Son of the Father, which is Jesus. That's what my belief system is. And I'm continuing to believe on Him. See, in other words, it's talking about once saved, always saved. No, you've got to continue to believe on Him. This is not a one-time confession. That's not what faith is. That's not what belief is. What I believe and what I have faith in, I continue to believe for the rest of my days. What I, what I believe is going to, going to propel me into the presence of God. Look at that. What you believe in is, in, is going to propel you. It's going to continue to push you towards the presence of God. So when I say belief, belief Again, we looked at this in John 3.16, but it says belief is a continual action of belief for the rest of your life. It is not a one-time belief. And now let me look at this again. I, I, I like this because the word in there to me is very important is action. <laughs> you know, belief calls that. You know, you can say, oh, I believe that. Oh, I believe this. But where is the action according, uh, according to what you believe? See, stop saying you believe someone there's no coordinate, uh, you know, uh, actions that are, that are you're showing, responding to what you say you believe in. Right? That's, a- action shows what you believe in. Look at this in Matthew chapter 15. Give you someone that shows what they believed in by their actions. Because what I believe in, you, you can't talk me out of. Uh, let, me, let me help you out. What I believe in, you can't prevent me from getting. I'm a person to get what I believe in. Why? Because I believe it. I trust it. See, no one's going to talk me out of my salvation. I know salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. God has given us, provided salvation through Jesus Christ. I, I know that. I believe it. Right? And again, I know we're throwing out words around no, or you can't know because it's going to rest on your senses. And I, and I understand. But I believe it. And it's so real to me, it's like I know it. You, you get that, right? It, it's so real to me, it's like I know it. But look at this individual. This, is, this amazed me. This is something that was brought out through one of our Wednesday night teachings. And I just 
can't get away from this, these scriptures. Matthew chapter 15, starting at verse number 21. You're going to see action correlated to belief, right? So, Matthew 15, 21 says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievous, vexed with the devil. So here's this woman, a Canaanite woman, right, came to where Jesus was, cried out to him, saying, have mercy on me. So, so obviously she believed something about him. Because other folks were there too. There was other disciples that were there too. But he, she cried out to Jesus. Asked him about mercy. Have mercy on me. Right? And we learn about mercy this morning. Continue to learn about mercy like in family life. Right? Extension of time. Have mercy on me. That means take stock of what I'm saying. Pause. Have mercy on me. Then she said, have mercy on me, O Lord. She just called him Lord. How did she know he was Lord? It must have been something she heard about this man. That means she must have heard the gospel. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Then she called him the son of David. I mean, come on now. I, I, I just... I, I got I, you know, I I to move on. Because there's so many things. The son of David. She's speaking to his kingly royalty position. As the Messiah is coming through the lineage of David. She, where did she hear this from? You know. <laughs> you, know you know. Get me in this whole passage. In, in 22. She never said his name. She called him by his office. She never said Jesus. Have mercy on me. She called him Lord and the Son of David. So you know what? She said, everything that God's provided for me is through you. And I'm coming here to receive it. That's the gospel. God's provided everything through salvation through Jesus Christ. You just have to receive it. Alright, so she said, Thou Son of David, my daughter, is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Again, what I believe has a corresponding action. You may say one thing, but I know what I believe, and you have it. I'm not leaving here until I get what I believe. Then. So now she says, Lord, help me. And look what the Lord said. And he answered and said, it is not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And I, now, this, the Lord said this to her. I mean, this is, I'm telling you something, don't miss. You know, this is what I love about about God, our relationship that I have with my father. It's always about how bad do you want it. Right? Do you really want it? Because I'm telling you, if you really want it, you will go after it. Like stuff that you really want, baby, you're going after it. And sometimes you be careful when you get what you want. You're like, ah. But stuff that you really want, you went after it. 
Nobody can tell you nothing. Right? Some of you married folks can say amen to that. Because the folks that you end up marrying, you went after. Nobody can tell you nothing about that knucklehead. Nobody can tell you nothing about that chicken head girl. You, you went after it. And you got the knucklehead and the chicken head and y'all joined together. Nobody can tell you nothing. How bad do you want it? See, I'll tell you, something like God's like, how bad do you want it? Faith, trust, believe. He told this woman, after she said, help me. He said, is it not beat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs? Said, well, did, she just, did he call her a dog? Did he just say she's not a child? And, and, and look at her response, right? And she said, truth, Lord. I, she agreed. She agreed, you know, it's not me. But take the children's bread and cast it to the dog. It's not. But I know who you are. You are the son of David. You have what I need. You are Lord. That's why she said, truth, Lord. I, you, she never changed who he was. For her. You, get this. Her belief system never changed. I, I hope you're getting this. Again, we're talking about the truth around the, the power of God and the salvation. My belief system will never change. He is Lord. He is Lord of all. She said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And I'm going to tell you, if he came back with something else, she had something. I mean, this sister... What, it, she, he could have said something after that. He could have said something about, okay, maybe the dogs eat from the master table and then blah, blah, blah. She would have came up with something. She was not leaving. You know, here we go. You know, we get so defeated in our walk. We let one little obstacle come our way. Then, we, then we're ready to back off. Right? One thing can turn... One thing. You know, for us, it don't take much to let's get us off the path of our, of our walk with the Lord. It doesn't take much. Right? You got a bad hair day, also you ready to walk away from God. You get some news about your health, you ready to walk away from God. You get some news about your job situation, you ready to walk away from God. You get some news about your children, your spouse. We ready? To, I mean, it, it doesn't take much. Here this woman is after he said this to her. I mean, you know, this is, and that's why I got, got to keep going. It's, it's so amazing because so much. He said this to her face. You know, it's one thing you hear about things. They talking. I mean, I'm seeing body language. <laughs> it's not like he's saying what thing is body language. He's talking to this woman. And she's not letting it go. And you, and you hear no attitude in her. You hear no disrespect in her. You hear no blankety blank blank in her. None of that. He's Lord. So she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master, their master table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. See, what I believe in has a coordinating action. Stop saying you believe in this, but your lifestyle doesn't show it. 
that's your own false doctrine. You got your own false history, you know, doctrine teaching in your own life. Saying what you believe in and not showing it. That's false doctrine that you live in. My belief system is based on my actions. You know, you can see what I believe based on how I act. I saw this woman believe based on that. And that's what he called the greatest thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. I mean, this was for her daughter, who was vexed with the devil. Right? He, and you know something? She didn't ask him to come to the house, lay hands on her, cast out this demon. You know what she said? Help me. Have mercy on me. See, you know, Lord God, it's amazing how we call him Lord, but how we want the Lord to fix things is based on what we want. See, that's part of the gospel. See, I had left the message of the gospel. Remember, the gospel is the power of God. It's not your power. So how God exerts his power in your situation is based on God, not you. And we love to tell God how to exert his power in your situation. God, we want it done this way. And we want it done right now. And we want this, this, you know, we got, we got to listen to God how he needs to act. But I thought salvation was based on the power of God, not you. For every, every area of my life. And you notice this woman, she didn't hate. She just said, have mercy on me. However you want to choose to have mercy on me, however you choose to help me, Lord, if so be it. All I want is my, my daughter that's vexed with the devil to be healed, to be made whole. I'm not going to tell the Lord how to be the Lord. I'm not going to tell the Lord how to bring salvation to someone. I'm not going to tell the Lord how people are getting saved. No, this is salvation. No, I'm staying with the message. And why to me this is so important is that because I've heard believers telling other people what salvation is, and I ain't heard nothing about Jesus or God. It's about it, like I said, it's about a political agenda. It's, it's other agendas that are going on. That's claim that I'm a, I'm a believer because of this. Oh, this makes me. Oh, if you're a believer, then you're doing this. What? It has nothing to do with Jesus. Nothing to do with God has to do with these external things. But you, that's a believer. No. If I have to belong to a certain party and make me a believer in Jesus? Come on now. I thought it was the power of God on the salvation. Not your power. So belief is continual action. And this continual action, belief comes from the heart. In other words, the only way I'm going to receive salvation is through my heart. Belief is in the heart. Again, I can't see your heart. Only God knows your heart. But again, we can see your actions. We saw this woman action that showed that she had great faith. But the belief starts in your heart. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart. For out of it flows the issues of life. Uh, uh, be careful what you allow to go into your heart. Be careful what you're listening to. And some of y'all need to shut down your social media accounts because that is your God. And they're dictating to you exactly how you need to be a believer. How, how is a, a social media telling me how I should be a believer when I have this? When I have the scriptures? That dictates to me how to be a believer, not social media. I'm not caught up in social media agenda how to be a believer. 
Look at this in Romans 10, 9 and 10. Again, all these very passages, uh, very familiar passages of scriptures that we know about. But again, beliefs coming from the, the heart. Romans 10, 9 and 10. God is so good. Salvation. Verse, uh, Romans 10, verse 9, it says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Right? If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Right? The only begotten of the Father, the Lord Jesus. I'm going to confess him with my mouth. And believe in my heart that God, again, the one has given me power for salvation through Lord Jesus. I'm believing him in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. Then I'm saved. Believing comes from my heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That means my mouth just aligned with what my heart believes in. And then from that moment on, my actions should show this is what I believe. As a believer in Jesus Christ, it is all about following after Christ. Again, as a believer in Jesus Christ, it is all about following after Christ. Because it's in Him that I receive salvation. By the power of God. So therefore, salvation begins with this initial faith decision. Again, after God initiates, salvation for us begins. Remember I tell you, you can't be saved until you believe. So even though God has dealt with the sin problem, God has already initiated it through Jesus Christ. Salvation for you begins... With your initial faith decision. And then it must continue. Thank you, Lord. It must continue into a process or a lifestyle of faith. So I stopped at verse 10. Let me continue to read on. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth, again, continue action of belief on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference, here we go, between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Remember then the original issue we talked about when we opened this book, right? Between the Jew and the Greek, right? There was conflict about who was better when it pertains to God. He's like, God, the Lord, is rich over all. And over whosoever call upon the name of the Lord, you're going to be saved. Whether Jew or Greek. See, salvation is not found in your lineage, right? Your heritage. Your birthright. That's not where salvation is found. It's found through your belief system in Jesus Christ. Then you'll be saved. And that belief system comes from your heart. That means you've got to get your heart right. Your heart has to be right. So this initial salvation, this initial belief system, <clears throat> again, this is a process. So initial salvation is called justification. That place where you have been declared innocent. Right? And that initial salvation or justification is being saved from the very penalty of sin. That's what we mean by Jesus has 
initiated or justified us by his blood. So you have initial salvation, justification, being declared innocent, saved from the penalty of sin. Then you have progressive salvation. Now we get into a place where we are continuing what we believe in. So now I'm saved from the very power of sin. Right? And Jesus showed us that let sin no longer have dominion over you. So you have initial salvation, you have progressive salvation, we're going to continue in sin, and then you're going to get to a place eventually where we have final salvation. Where we get to glorification. We're saved from the very presence of sin. There's going to be a time where there will be no more sin. You have a whole other glorified body. You have a body that's no longer present of sin. That's final salvation. But until that day comes... I'm going to be in that progressive salvation. I'm going to continue. My belief system stays intact. See, that is the gospel message. See, salvation is a continual process. You initial, progress, heading to the final destination. And how I'm going to get there is my belief in Jesus Christ continually. Not anything else to get to salvation that God has provided. God is so good. He is so good. So the gospel of Christ reveals to us God's love. Remember, we we saw it in John 3.16, right? God so loved the world. The gospel of Christ reveals to us God's love towards man through Jesus Christ. And the gospel shows us man's response to his love, to the love of God, which is found in Christ Jesus. See, don't sit here and say, well, God, you know, I don't know if God loves me or not. He loves you. But God's love is found in Christ Jesus. Revealed to you through Him. We're still in Romans. I should have told you, we're going to spend a lot of time in Romans. I guess you already know. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. Look at this in verse 35. Romans 8 and 35. Again, we're still talking about the gospel, the truth about the gospel of Christ. Romans 8 and 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? (laughs) Man, I mean, these are, you know. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation. Some of us have been separated from the love of Christ through tribulation. Or distress. Yep. Uh, You've been distressed. You've been separated. I'm just saying, it's amazing. You read these things like it's just... But you see this actually happening. People have separated from the love of Christ because of tribulation. Or distress. Or persecution. Or famine. Or nakedness. Or peril. Or sword. As it is written, for thy sake, where we, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep as for slaughter. Nay, in all these things we're all, we are all, I'm sorry, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in who? Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, that's what I mean about the... I'm going to stay with believing this until the end of my days. 
I'm not going to let life nor death nor any other creature, right? I, I like this. He said, nor things present or things to come. So no matter what happens right now or what happens in the future, it's not going to separate me from the love of Christ, which is found in Jesus. The love of God is found in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to... I'm telling you, these are things you better hold on to because life happens for all of us. And if you hadn't figured it out now, things in this world is not changing, have changed. And there's more trials... There's more tribulations. There's more persecution to come. And you have to settle it right now. Nothing's going to separate me from the love of God. I'm going to stay with Christ Jesus. Right? Like I always say, you know, my old folks say, you, gonna, you better dance with the one that brought you. Or you better find you another way to the house. Right? I'm going to stay with him. He brought me to this place. I'm going to stay with him. I'm going to stay with Christ. I'm fully persuaded of that. Nor height, nor death, nor any other creature. So no matter the highs or the lows that happen in life, nothing's going to separate me from the love of God, which is found in Christ Jesus. Again, that's why I'm talking about this ministry. I love about this ministry. I love about our pastor. We stay with sound doctrine in this ministry. The doctrine around Christ Jesus. That is the foundation that was laid already by our founding pastor and we continue to stay right there. We're getting to a place where we're being established and mature, but we are still in the understanding what the foundation is. And I'm going to tell you, you move away from the place where you've been taught foundation, you start seeing your foundation start cracking. We'll become more than just Christ and you start seeing yourself separating yourself from the love of God. We'll start talking about God in different, in different aspects. We'll start talking about God and things and stuff. Materialistic things. But God was in this. And God was in that. And God was in this and that. Like, really? You know, what I see here is the love of God is in Christ Jesus. Stay there. Stay settled. You know, this is a dangerous time to move away. And we've been telling you this for the longest, right? There is an adversary is real. The adversary is out there going around like a roaring lion seeking see who he can devour. The adversary is real. <laughs> and if your foundation is not secure or you moved away from the foundation, then all of a sudden I'm telling you, he will come in and wreak havoc. And it'd be so subtle that you think you call things that are God that's not even God at all. And you think you're doing things that are right. You know, that are righteous. And put God's name on it. God's like, I was, over, I was still where you left me at. Let's get back to that place. You know, okay, th- these, are, these are precious moments that we live in. And here's my thing, too. You know, I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to walk away from God, I ain't going to walk away from God as an old man. I mean, that was stupid. I'm going to act a fool. Let me act a fool while young. Again, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying you give a license to act a fool while you're young. I'm just saying, you see old people start walking away with God. They, they start questioning things. Right? If you're 50 plus and you ain't settled these things, I don't know what to tell you. 
Because your body letting you know that you ain't that young person you used to be. And now you're trying to get your groove back or trying to get your, you know, whatever. I'm like, settle that. And call getting your groove back God. You know, God wants me to be happy. Go back and listen to the message about happy and joy. It's not the same. But we'll walk away from the love of God for we think our happiness. At the end. Not knowing when your day, when God, when your life is required of you. See, I'm telling you, when it comes to the things of God, these, this is eternal. God is an eternal God. I'm saying God is the only constant in your life. Everything else in your life will, is subject to saying it will change. But God is the only constant in your life. He will never change. So that you won't be consumed. Stay with Him. Right? Don't move away from Him. Don't move away where He has placed you. That's the gospel. The place that He has placed you, that's the purpose that He has for you to do. Now here's a place where God has spoke to you. This is a place where God continues to speak to you. Why would I move away from that? Why would I move away from the place where God is speaking to me because of materialistic things? Or why would I move away from the place where God is speaking to me because of offenses? I think I heard something that I thought I heard that I didn't hear. You know what I mean by that? Or they talking about me. I'm going to tell you, some of y'all need to be talked about. Why? Because you're acting a fool. You don't got away from the gospel. You don't change the doctrine in your own mind and in your own heart. Your doctrine is about something else that has nothing to do with Christ Jesus. What I mean by your doctrine, right? Your belief system about who you are as a Christian, as a believer, follow Christ, has nothing to do with Christ. Your belief system is about other things that, that designate whether you are a believer or not. Your doctrine is off. See, that's the truth about the gospel. It's about Christ Jesus. And my belief system has to stay right there. So again, no height, no debt, no any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Right? That's where my belief system is. So again, God is revealing us that His love towards us is through Christ Jesus. And now man's response to His love is by grace you are saved. So let's go over to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We see God's response. I mean God's initiation. God revealing to us Jesus, but now we have our response to His love. Ephesians chapter uh, 2. Look at this in verse 4. Here's man's response to the love of God. Ephesians 2 and 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, I like this, but God. Man, I need to slow down. But God. Who is rich in mercy? God. For his great love, wherewith he loved us. Who loved us? God. Even when we were dead, get this, even when you were dead in sins, has quickened us together. With what? With Christ. By grace, 
Are you saved? Again, we heard last Sunday about grace. Grace for grace. I mean, again, these things all tie together. His grace. Again, quicken us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. In his kindness towards us through who Christ Jesus. I mean, so you catch this thing, right? Everything God is doing is through Christ Jesus. His kindness, his exceeding riches, it's through Christ Jesus. His love towards us, it's through Christ Jesus. For grace, for by grace are you saved. Through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Thank you. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You see, this is man's response to God's love. Is by our, uh, our faith we have in Jesus Christ. By grace are we saved. By grace we're saved. But I have to believe it. God who is rich in his mercy. He loved us. But his love is only seen in Jesus Christ. And I have to believe on him in order to receive his kindness. Receive God's love. Wow, God is so good. He is so good. God is so good. Go back to Romans chapter 1. Oh my goodness. Like I said, while you were yet dead in your sins, you were dead in your sins. You, you know what I mean when you said dead in your sins? You weren't even alive to God. God could have left you in that dead state. You were dead in your sins. God redeemed you. He saw you already in that state and he redeemed you through Jesus Christ and all you have to do is believe oh what a great God we serve Romans chapter 1 again verse 16 it says for I am not ashamed that's why Paul I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Remember we talked about the initial salvation. That's called the justification, right? You've been declared innocent, right? You're saved from the penalty of sin. So now at this time, in the moment of your life, that progressiveness in salvation, you live by faith. You are the just. You've been justified by the blood of Jesus. Now your walk is by faith. You live by faith. The just live by faith. That means I have a continued walk I have to have in faith, continue believing. That is my lifestyle. That's my basis of my decision-making process. That I live by faith. Faith in God through Jesus Christ should carry me to the presence of my Lord. Again, there's an eternal reward that's here. And how I'm going to get there is my continual walk with God by faith. 
The just shall live by faith. So again, that's what I mean about no height, no death, no, nothing's going to change what I believe in. I'm living by faith. I trust God. I live by faith. So no matter if things go right, no matter if things go wrong, I live by faith. Because I'm going to keep saying, life happens for all of us. <laughs> what does it mean by life happens for all of us, right? That means everything in your life is not going to go your way. Maybe you don't know that yet. Everything in life, you're not going to get everything you want. This system is not designed for that. You're not. You're going to have, dis- <clears throat> you're going to have disappointments in your life. You're going to have hurts in your life. Yeah, you. You're going to have disappointments. You have hurts. You have some tragedies that are going to happen. You have things that are going to very shake your very core of who you are. Let me help you out. You're going to have betrayals in your life. Where, where do you get all this from? Are you speaking all this? You, you saw what happened to Jesus, right? He had those close to him betray him. He had those close to him deny him to his face. But he stayed the course. See, that's why I mean. I'm following. I, I'm following after him. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I understand the sufferings in this world are not worthy to be compared to the joy that can reveal when he comes. Because this world, what, what I'm going through now, is all temporal. You know, hey, I'm only on this side for a, a short amount of time, compared to eternity. Stay with the gospel message. Stay with the truth that's in the doctrine. Don't get moved away by this world, this system, society. Move away from the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Stay settled. Live by faith. Now, why do, <laughs> why do men need salvation? All right? Let me just answer this question. Right? Why do we need salvation? Because of Adam's sin. And sin was passed upon all men. Because of Adam, that one man, transgression, he disobeyed God, and that sin was passed upon all of us. And then guess what? Once that sin was passed unto all of us, what does that mean, sin was passed unto all of us? You were born with a sin nature. All you knew was sin. And then it said, well, if all I knew was sin, how did I get to a place where I knew that I was wrong? It was called the law. God's law was revealed to you to show you that you're a sinner. It was through the law, the laws, the Ten Commandments, that revealed to you that you have broken God's commandments. That you have sinned. God, God gives His holy law. And God gave His holy law not for you to keep, but to show you that there's something wrong with you. But you know, I like this, that's why I love how God does this, right? God gives you the standard, no, you can't meet it. But you need to know you can't meet it. How to say this? If God just told you you couldn't meet it, you're like, oh, I got that. But you have to see you couldn't meet it. Because once you see you can't meet God's standard, then you're like, guess what? I'm in trouble. I need a Savior. I need help. Look at this in, in Matthew chapter 19. Matthew 19. Because I love how the Lord dealt with this young man. He, he, he tried to help this young man. 
He thought he had it going on. Matthew chapter 19. Again, this gospel. Oh my goodness. Matthew 19, starting in verse 16. It says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, now notice what Jesus did. Right? Look how he talked to this man. He said, what must I do to, inter- to inherit eternal life? And he called him good. So now Jesus is showing him, who is good? God. And because God is good, he has given us commandments. And he said, keep God's commandments, and then you'll have eternal life. Why did Jesus, Jesus showing him that it's through God that you're going to get eternal life? And keep his commandments. You, you, he's showing him this to show him that you can't keep God's commandments. Because he's the only one that's good. Verse 18. And he said unto him, which? Now that sounds like a young man, right? Well, Lord, you know, there's more than one. So which one is it? I'm going to narrow you down to which one. So I can say I've met it. And Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He added that as part of the commandments. Only Jesus can do that. (laughs) Verse 20. The young man said unto him, this is why I know you're young, all these things I've kept from my youth up. What lacketh I yet? Now, now what about happened before you was young? You know, we want to talk, oh, for my young youth up, I've been good. Oh, so God's going to discontinue, you know, just going to throw away everything that happened before that time. Right? Because I'm going to tell you what your parents are going to throw it away. Your parents are going to talk about how bad, that child was so bad, child was so disobedient. We're just going to disregard those years. You know, those are just, you know, get out of get jail free car years, right? He said, from my youth up, I've been good. I've kept this. I've kept this. From my youth up. Shouldn't that count for something? And then I like how Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect. <laughs> this is classic words he's telling him. If you want to be perfect from your youth up, go and sell that thou hast and give it to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come follow me. So he told him to go sell what you have and give it to the poor and then come follow him. But when the young man heard that saying he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. See it's amazing. The Lord Jesus uses the law to show you the knowledge of sin. The law is there to reveal to you that you are a sinner. You know, like what we do with our next generation. The law is a mirror. It's a reflection. It's like a mirror, right? It shows you that you have flaws. But the mirror itself cannot correct the flaws. It's just showing you that yeah, you may want to check yourself before you wreck yourself going out there. That's what a mirror is. The law is like that. It shows you that you have flaws. Now it's up to you to do the correction. Right? And that's what the law is. The law says, 
you're not right. But you have to see you're not right. So it's through the law is a knowledge of sin. And that's what I love about, I, I, I keep saying I love about God. You know, God, God's law is a standard for righteousness. Not no one else. In other words, I don't have to compare myself to someone else to say that that is a standard of righteousness. In other words, you know, we do that. You're like, well, you're not like brother so-and-so. You're not like sister so-and-so. Like parents do. You need to be more like your brother. You should be more like your sister. They're not the standard for righteousness. God's law is. And then when, you, when we all stand before God's law, we all see that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. We've all done wrong. So God's standard is found in His law. And the law is holy. The law is righteous. The law is good. And it's meant to show us that we are sinners. So we can't go back to, well, Adam sinned. That don't mean I sinned. Okay, well, let's pull, push Adam aside then. So you're saying, you, you know, list these things for you. Have you done it? Have you loved thy neighbor as thyself? Have you honored thy father and thy mother? Have you coveted? Have you lusted? Because it said in your heart, if you did any of these things, you've done it already. And then, then another passage of Scripture said, if you broke one of the laws, then you're guilty of breaking them all. Well, that's not right. Well, that's God's standard. Remember, God is His standard. See, that's why I mean. Stay with the message. Stay with the gospel. It'll remove all doubt. All people trying to stand up and act like there's somebody, they've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. And the Savior who God has ordained is through Jesus Christ alone for our redemption, for our salvation. So the law is there as a schoolmaster, as Galatians put it, that points us to Christ. And you see Jesus used the law to show this young man that you are a sinner. And it said he walked away. He went away sorrowful. Didn't say he came back later or what? He went away sorrowful. You know, he got checked. And some of us, you know, we need to get checked. Because in our minds, we are, everything is just fine, but we have walked away from some things. Let me help you out. Some of us walked away from ministry. What is ministry? Service to God. You have walked away from it. And you put your excuse around why you walked away from it. But ask God. Did God give you permission to walk away from it? Because you have every excuse you want to about why you're not serving, why you're not doing it. But did God, the one that placed you in a position, to tell you that he released you to walk away? God, not a person. Did God say it's okay? So here's my thought. If God can keep me, I can't be kept. I don't care what season I'm in. I don't care what epidemic, what pandemic. It, it, something is always coming next. It don't matter. If God can't keep me, I can't be kept. So if he, did, if he didn't tell me to walk away, then why I walked away? See, that's what I mean. The law has come to show you that you lost your way. Well, brother, I'm not a sinner. I, I ain't saying one way to... You, you compare yourself to the law. Where are you at with God's commandments? That's why I said talk to God. Again, this is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of you examining yourself. 
that you are staying with the gospel of Christ? Have you walked away from the gospel of Christ? Because if you have, it's time for you to repent, acknowledge your sin, and turn towards God. And I don't know why for believers it's a hard thing for them to do is repent. Why now that, you know, when you, seem like when you're a sinner, you were, you know, you, it was easy for you to repent when you were a sinner. Now you're a believer, like, I, you ain't done nothing wrong. It's amazing to me how many believers think they've done nothing wrong. Since you believed. When you're a sinner, you, hey, you tell me, yeah, I know I'm wrong, and I'm going to do it again. I mean, it's just, now I'm doing nothing wrong. No, you're wrong. That attitude you have was wrong. That you just that action you did was disobedient. To who? To God. That comment you made was disrespectful. To who? To God. Now what are you gonna do with that, you believer? See, we're starting to stand up for everything else, but when are we gonna stand up for righteousness? Stand up for holiness. When you say, Be ye holy, for I am holy, where's that righteous standard at in your lifestyle? When the Holy Spirit convicts you when you say things that you know weren't right. But yet you don't repent before God. See, that's why I mean have you moved away from the gospel of Christ. You've forgotten where your salvation come from. Through God, by your faith you have in Christ. I have to stay with that. Because again, people say, well, I'm not under the law. We're under grace. I got you. I understand. It's good you can know some scriptures. Amen to you. But do you know what that means? So that means since I'm not on the law, I don't have to obey God's law, his law. So that means I'm not on the law. I can go back to verse 18 and say, thou shall, uh, shall do no murder. I can murder now. That's what that means? You're not under the law? I can murder? Or better yet, I can commit adultery? That's what that means? You're not on the law? See, you better be careful what you think you know. God's law is... For you to continue to have your mode of operation. It's a standard of God. And the law is always showing you can't keep it. The law is always showing you that you need to stay humble. Every time you put, even as you've gotten born again, hey, you've been saved, and things, all those nice things you want to say about your witness, the law continues to show you that you got flaws. You stay humble. You ain't all that. You have yet to arrive. None of us have. The laws that always show us that. That's what this gospel is about. It's about Christ Jesus. He alone is God. Because that was the next question, right? Is who is Jesus? He's God. He's the eternal son. He's 100% God and he's 100% man. He's the only one that fits that bill. Him alone. That's what makes him the perfect mediator for us to be saved. Reconciling man back unto God. He is the only one that can be in that gap. To bring you or me back into right standing with God. He's that mediator. He's the go-between. Because he dealt with the sin issue. 
He is indeed deity, but He is also humanity. Jesus alone. Look at this in Romans chapter 1. Let's go to Romans 1. Man, God is so good. I hope you understand the truth about the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Romans 1 verse 1 says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. I love that. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised aforetime, I mean afore, by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God, with power according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. In this past scripture, it's talking about Jesus being his deity and his humanity. When he said he was a seed of David, it's according to the flesh, it's talking about his humanity. He's a man. But then it's talking about him being declared to be the Son of God. He was always, when someone declared to be an action has already taken place. He was always the Son of God. That talks about his, de- his deity. He is 100% man. He's 100% God. And that gives him that position to be that perfect mediator, reconciling man back unto God. And that's why I have to believe in him. The only begotten of the Father starts and ends with Christ Jesus. And the gospel message, the truth about the gospel message is there's an appointed day, right, that God will judge this world of righteousness by Jesus Christ. There's an appointed day. That judgment is coming. That appointed day is for all of us. That God's going to judge this world by righteousness through Jesus Christ. That means if you haven't believed, continue to believe, on Jesus. Again, you accept Him as your Lord and Savior, but your action is showing that. If you hadn't done that, then your judgment is going to be into eternal damnation. And that is eternal separation from God forever in a lake of fire. But those who have believed and continue to believe on Jesus Christ for their redemption as their Lord and Savior, we will have everlasting life and eternal life through Him. That is the good news. That's the reason why we do what we do. That's our motive, motivation for why we are in ministry. That's our service to the... Hey, that's why we witness and minister the gospel. That is good news. Everlasting and eternal life is way better news than eternal separation for God and damnation. Into the lake of fire. Where it says the wormwood never dies. Where you are burned and, and cons- but never consumed. You don't even know what that means. We don't want that on anyone. That's the gospel message. Stay with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Continue to believe. Don't let these false doctrine, false teachings, you know, I heard Minister Stinson talking about hypergrade. All these teachings that you hear that has, has extended what they, what they call the gospel. Just stay with the gospel. The gospel is simple. God initiates. You respond to, to his initiation and believe until the end. And 
God initiation is through Jesus Christ. Your response by faith is through Jesus Christ. He is the center of all that. If you insert anybody else or anything else, you have gotten away from the doctrine. It's through Jesus alone that I am saved, that I am justified through the blood of the Lamb, of Him. Again, God is indeed a great God. God is indeed great. Again, I hope that you've heard something again this this morning and then not just this morning, throughout these Truth About series. I know I've truly been blessed by everyone that's come and ministered because like I said, God is a theme there. Catch it. Hold on to it. Because, you know, we'll move on next Sunday. It'll be something that will... And then you will forget about these days until the next days come. What's coming next? You're like, oh, the doctrine. Remember the doctrine. Stay there. So you won't be tricked or fooled. When people start telling you where salvation comes through, like, no, it comes through Jesus Christ. You believe it. It doesn't come through any kind of affiliation or any kind of action that you're talking about. It says whether I'm a, a believer or not. Please don't tell me I'm not a believer if, I, if I'm a, a part of some affiliation. That is not the gospel. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Again, we're bringing these things to an end this month for Past Appreciation Month. Again, these have been some, like I said, outstanding teachings that we should all understand and, and live by. And again, like I said, this ministry, we're a foundation. Uh, we, we have a foundation based on the doctrine. So these things are not new. You shouldn't have heard anything that was new. It's being said, but it's something we need to stay with and not let slip. That's what's so important. Don't let these things slip. Don't let these things get past you. Don't, don't let the enemy kind of rock you to sleep and think these things are not important. Right? This, this is the heart and soul of who we are. Right? As ministry. Stay with these things around Christ Jesus. That's a safe place to be. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water in Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Thank you.